Welcome to the realm of unknown. Lake Erie, the fourth largest of the five great lakes of North America, located on the border between Ontario, Canada, and the United States, lining the states of Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York. Despite being one of the smaller lakes, Lake Erie happens to be the residence of a particularly devilish yet alluring entity known as the Storm Hag. Before we dive into today's story and details of the creature, we should talk about some of the details and history of Lake Erie itself. The lake gets its name from the Erie Native Americans, a subgroup of the Iroquois people who once inhabited the surrounding area. Other Iroquois groups were also of the region, along with the possibility that the Susquehannock people once resided here upon various times throughout history. More specifics throughout the time are a bit fuzzy. Unfortunately, this is pretty common due to the more oral and passed down generational history, tradition, and practices of Native American tribes along with the particularly obvious aspects of colonialism and the encroaching of native land, which unfortunately means that we lose a lot of that history around it. Now, the Erie people ultimately suffered the latter fate of losing their land, more specifically through a violent outcome, and this was due to the larger collective Iroquois groups as retaliation. This was due to the Erie natives assisting the Heron, a different tribe during the Iroquois War, uh, otherwise known as the Beaver Wars or the French and Iroquois Wars. Uh, these were battles that took place for the better part of a century between 1603 and 1701. This was between the Iroquois League of Tribes that were backed by the British and the Dutch, Along, uh, fighting against the Heron and Algonquin tribes that allied together that were backed by the French. Uh, ultimately, it was believed that the surviving Erie's people were ultimately assimilated into the larger winning tribes that were in that area. Now, centuries later, a lot of industries and trades would ultimately reside upon the shores of Lake Erie. This was particularly common throughout all of the Great Lakes due to the accessibility and mobility of the waterways of that area. In order to transport these ships of supplies and resources to all over the country and also give them access into river systems that get them to the Atlantic and further out. Two particular industries would be the lumber and steel industries, which were fairly popular and resource rich for that region. However, due to this, there was an intense amount of pollution that did result and that did close down many beaches along the lake in 1960 and really wasn't even resolved until the late 1970s when the environmental damage slowly began to recover. There is a bit of history when it comes to European occupancy of the lake after the Iroquois tribes uh, kind of got booted out of the region. In particular, the French and the French Canadians were around the first to settle the region in the late 1660s. Uh, this credit often goes to explorers back even further into the uh, 1610s. 
However, uh, come the 17th century, the British did move into that area, again, allying themselves with the uh, Iroquois and developing a trade along Lake Erie. The British presence led to the takeover of two strategic French forts that were in that area in 1759, which would be Fort Niagara, and in 1760, which was Fort uh, Detroit. Many British allies and loyalists were moved into the north and into the lake region throughout Ontario, and the U.S. shores were not ultimately settled until around 1796. This was ultimately determined by the Battle of Lake Erie, which was an important engagement during the War of 1812. For people who are not familiar, there actually was a second war in the U.S. lands. The U.S. Commodore Oliver H. Perry defeated the British squadron in Put-in-Bay, uh, Ohio, and secured the Northwest uh, for the United States for that. And that's where we are now today. So moving on to the more interesting stuff, the spooky things, and the entity that we kind of teased at the beginning of this episode, the Storm Hag. Now, the Storm Hag is described as a really thin hideous demon of the lake she has bright glowing yellow eyes and can pierce into the darkness her skin is a sort of sickly pale green and her teeth are pointed and sharp similar to that of sharks and other fish-like predators she is sometimes called jenny green teeth as her teeth are said to be deep mossy green at the end of her long arms are talon-like claws that are dripped in venom, and it is said that one touch of her claw is enough to kill someone instantly. Now, one of the more notable and probably infamous aspects of the Storm Hag is her similarities to that of Sirens, which people are not familiar with, come from a more European aspect, but you can pretty much find them all over the place. They share a lot of similarities to mermaids and other just sort of aquatic, alluring type creatures. And uh, with that, the storm hag is known to have a song. And this song in particular is used to lure sailors as she lurks beneath the dark waters of Lake Erie, notably near the uh, Prescue Isle, waiting for unsuspecting ships to cross her path. When the ships draw near, she would begin to sing her song in order to lure the sailors closer to her. And the song goes a bit like this. Come into the water, love. Dance beneath the waves. Where dwell the bones of sailors lay. Inside my saffron caves. When her song is over and the sailors are transfixed, she ultimately summons a rather violent storm in order to toss the ship, sort of like a kid playing in the bath with a rubber ducky. And uh, the, the soldiers or the sailors are ultimately thrown off of the ship and then she grabs hold of them and pulls them into the waters with her spindly arms and venom-soaked talons. There are two particular stories in relation to the storm hag when it comes to quote-unquote real-life disappearances linked to her. The storm hag has been blamed pretty much since the inception of her uh, story to disappearances and deaths of numerous ships and sailors. 
that often venture off into Lake Erie's waters around sort of notably treacherous times. In 1782, a ship was caught in the storm on the lake, and the storm raged for well over an hour as the desperate sailors clung onto the ship for dear life. When the storm finally settled, the sailors saw that they were near Presque Isle, and as they tried to make their way closer to the port, the storm hag rose up from the depths and began to attack the ship herself. Now, the notable aspect when it comes to this story is that the account is coming from people on the shore of the isle who could hear the anguishing cries of the sailors and watch as the ship began to sink beneath the water. A host of other ships and sailors have also gone missing on the lake over the years. Another notable incident occurred in December of 1942 when the oil tanker known as the Klefko was being escorted by a tugboat via tugline known as the Admiral. Both had left from port in Toledo and were traveling east off the coast of Cleveland when something rather strange occurred. At 4 a.m., the Klefko radioed that the Admiral had disappeared without incident. The crew noted that the tow line was no longer attached to the tugboat, and was making a rather sharp angle into the waves, leading them to believe that the tugboat had sunk, although without a sound. The Klefko immediately stopped and radioed the Coast Guard, and two cutters and a few motorboats were dispatched to the coordinates of the ship uh, as a rescue operation occurred. However, arriving to the scene, they had found nothing. Along with the Admiral, all of a sudden, now the Klefko has disappeared. The next morning, the Civil Air Patrol joined in the search and actually discovered the Klefko about 15 miles south from where it was originally located during the first radio distress call. As soon as the pilot reported the location to the Coast Guard, her radio died as well. And as this was occurring, she saw the ship disappear into a cloud of snow that began to fall rather mysteriously and out of nowhere. Due to her radio malfunctioning and ultimately dying, she did have to return to her base where she reported the incident. The Coast Guard again went to the location and found nothing. They ultimately did widen the search, and the hunt continued onwards. Strangely, later on that exact same day, uh, the cutter known as the Asipi spotted the tanker, uh, the Klefko, and when they almost got within range in order to board her and see what was going on, once again, this sort of strange snowstorm phenomena occurred, and the vessel once again disappeared. Then, at 3.30, amazingly, the Klefko once again radioed and contacted the Coast Guard. They told them that their shift has been adrift and that they have been unable to control or steer her at all. So while in contact with them for about an hour... The authorities from the Coast Guard told them to dump their oil so that the rescuers and the rescue operation could more readily find them within this chaos that's been going on. However, at the peak of that hour at 4.30, the contact to the Klefko once again ceased and it was never heard from again. Strangely enough, uh, earlier the next morning, so this is two days after the original disappearance, Two bodies of the crew members from the Klefko washed ashore near Cleveland. Their life jackets were covered in oil, 
and no other crew members were found living or dead. Now, is there an explanation to the story behind the Klefko's disappearance along with most notable disappearances? More than likely. Uh, Local legend, however, does say that if you are in the area, particularly with Prescue Isle, you can oftentimes hear the, the cries and screams of drowned sailors off the isle just before and after storms. Whether or not this is local legend, who knows? Due to this sort of strange phenomena of storms and disappearances and shipwrecks, pretty much since the first exploration in the 1600s, the Great Lakes have sort of earned a reputation as being a rather treacherous and uh, unforgiving sort of waterway. There's a lot of extreme, viol- extremely violent storms that appear out of nowhere due to the water systems, and uh, that may lead into a lot of these sort of uneasy legends that arise over the years. In the year 1977, author Jay Garley actually wrote something known as the Great Lakes Triangle, proposing that there was some sort of sinister force behind all the mysterious disappearances, obviously alluding to the reference of the Bermuda Triangle, but a lot of similar uh, kind of isolated phenomena that um, are within a kind of contained environment. Uh, We discussed the Bridgewater Triangle is another one up here in the East Coast, Uh, but there's also, I think, the Dragon's Triangle, which is, I believe it's either between Japan and Alaska, or it's closer to Japan, but it's a very similar thing to, like, the Bermuda Triangle. It's just a sort of collection of individual cases, disappearances, odd weather phenomena, possible creature sightings, that sort of stuff, urban legends, all that sort of things. Uh, within a designated three-point location. This one just seems to kind of be just the Great Lakes, but, eh, you know, it's kind of up for debate whether the borders of those things really matter, ultimately, uh, or whether or not it's just an author's or researcher's interpretation of what three points kind of fit and isolate most of the occurrences. Because if you look at it, you're like, oh, well, stuff could happen outside of it. It's like, no, 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 no. This is where all of the isolated stuff is. But I always find that interesting. And it's always fun to find new locations that have that sort of reputation behind them. Um, but yeah. So that is where we're going to actually wrap up for today and the storm hag. Uh, whether or not the disappearances and the shipwrecks that we discussed uh, have anything to do with her, who knows? But it does seem that most of the kind of ill fate and misfortune of things kind of gets attributed to her again more or less and more than likely uh, due to a sort of urban legend or just kind of passed down legend between sailors fishermen people who use the waterways uh, and people who live in the area to just kind of bundle everything up into one collective boogeyman of sorts when it comes to the region and you know Perhaps you just be a little bit more cautious if you hear someone singing randomly in a snowstorm on the lake, but that's just me. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We are going to try to get back into consistent uploads when it comes to Realm of the Unknown and all the goodies that come with it. So today is going to be an installment of the Keystone Curiosity series, which is uploaded on Tuesdays of each week. And the main uploads of more broader topics or global topics are going to be designated back to the weekends. 
not sure if it's going to be on Saturday or if it's going to be on Sundays. I just kind of have to see what is easier for the upload and my current schedule. But it's going to be the same formula as before. If you are new and you are listening and you somehow got to the end of this episode, Keystone Curiosities are a sort of sub-series of mine uh, in which I discuss episodes and topics and lore and spooky things that come out of Pennsylvania, uh, which is the state I am from. Uh, Whether or not it is strictly PA related is up for debate because as you can probably tell, uh, Lake Erie is not bordering Pennsylvania as its main border. Uh, It's just there as a little kind of sliver, but I figured it counts when it comes to a more obscure and like isolated, you know, like tiny area creature um, that really doesn't warrant its own like hour long research topic. Uh, but yeah, that's the uh, storm hag of Lake Erie. I hope you guys enjoyed. And if you did, you know, maybe feel free to share or leave a review. It's up to you. But uh, I hope you guys are having a great time with the spooky season here in October. And hopefully everything is going well for you in life. All right. I hope to see you guys next time. And remember, in the meantime, remember to stay spooky. Oh.